Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in. Gabe DeArmond, Gerard Hamilton here for the final time live with you in 2022 to talk Mizzou football. Um, so I guess we'll just start here, Gerard, real quick. Uh, other than the game, how was Tampa? Because I know the game wasn't any good. Yeah, to be honest, that was probably the most, I don't know, that game was just some parts were really long. It was just, it was kind of boring. I'm not, I'm not gonna, yeah. gonna lie to you. But Tampa, it was, it was cool. It's cool to be inside an NFL stadium, like you know, in it, you know, not just in the in the uh, seats and stuff. So that was the first time that was cool. Um, it was still kind of chilly there. Obviously, not as much as it was up here for you guys. But it was like 40 degrees, and every time we passed a security guard or something, they'd be like. We're so sorry. It's so cold. Like I was wearing a suit. <laughs> I haven't worn a suit in a long time, but I was just like, you know, for this game, I'll, I'll wear a suit. And they were just like, you don't got no jacket on. I'm like, no, trust me. Oh, right. I'm good. This I'm is good. tropical. Yeah. Yes. Suit, suits are reserved for when people get married or people die. That's, that's <laughs> my rule. Maybe, may, maybe bigger games than the Gasparilla Bowl. But, um, I want to invite you guys, if you're here watching with us live, to uh, hit up the comments section, questions. Look, we're going to talk a little bit about the season. This is probably mostly going to be an off-season, what's coming next show. But anything you guys want to talk about, make sure to, to put it in there. We will get to it. Um, also, do want to remind you guys, hey, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of announcements of, of guys coming back. A lot of recruiting things have happened. The portal's going on. We all know that all revolves around name, image, and likeness these days. And James Carlton, who is uh, our partner on these shows, he knows that too. He's a big Mizzou fan. The first thing he wants to do is take care of your insurance needs. His uh, information will be across the bottom of the screen throughout, carltoninsurance.net, phone number at 314-961-4800. So he wants to do that first for you and make sure he can get you the best rate uh, that that he can find on your insurance, but he also wants to help out Mizzou and help out you guys, make you guys be a little bit happier day to day. And you do that by getting players, and you do that with NIL. So if you call James and you get a quote from him, you mention Power Mizzou, tell him that's where you heard about it. He's going to donate twenty dollars on your behalf to Mizzou's name, image, and likeness collective, and uh, they'll get all the players. They will hire NFL assistants as offensive coordinators and. We will be off and running uh, to next year's college football playoff, obviously. Um, so uh, real quick, look, I, we've spent a lot of time breaking down this season. Just kind of real quick, best thing, worst thing uh, about th this year. You know, I don't care, sing particular game, particular player, whatever, that uh, what Missouri fans should feel the best about, what they should feel the worst about. See, the best thing was the defense in that kind of 180 and how they were in so many games despite the record, you know, not being what they wanted to be. They were in a lot of games. I mean, we got the uh, Kansas State game was an outlier. What's another game where they lost and it was a blowout? In Tennessee. In Tennessee, yeah, duh. So besides those two games, you feel like every game either they were winning it or they had a chance to win it. Now, the bad part about the defense is some of those players are going to be gone that made them so good. So DJ Coleman, Isaiah McGuire. I'm thinking to myself, probably Trajan's gone. Um, yeah. Darius Robinson said he's going to announce on New Year's. To me, if you're doing something like that to be all grand on the first day of the year, that sounds like the draft to me. 
and Tyron Hopper. He hasn't said anything, but the season he put up, I mean, I'd see him as like a mid-round. What do you what do you got him like? Like three. I'm bad. I'm so bad at this, man. (laughs) I I, I really am. Well, I think if Chris Abrams Jane got a a third round grain, which I thought was a little high, like, yeah, I mean, he's good, but I thought it was a little high. I think Tyron can be in that range too. So depending on what he values, values himself, he could go or stay, but I mean, the defense and just being in so many games bad. well, and the bad part was obviously the offense, the offensive line, the penalties, the, the things that made them lose the games they were in that they didn't win pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I would say obviously the good is, is Blake Baker and, and they showed you that, that you can have a turnaround in a year. The bad for me is just, and I wrote about this on Monday is we're here at the end of year three and I don't know what I think. Uh, you know, I mean, you can make an argument that that you feel good and hey they're close and next year is a step forward and all that and and I can buy that argument it makes sense but you can also make the argument that man we're three years in and I don't know that they're better than they were the day he took the job and I don't know kind of what the plan is so it's all I I just want all I want out of next year is an answer whatever that if that answer is ten and two. And Eli is the man here as long as he wants to be the man here. Hey, that's great for us. We'll be very happy with that. If that answer is four and eight and they make a coaching change, at least it's an answer. I just felt like this year was like just kind of treading water and you didn't you didn't fall down the stairs, but you didn't go up any stairs either, you know? And and that that I feel like that's the worst kind of season. That's like an NFL team that's going eight and eight. You know, like, you know, either win the Super Bowl or get the top pick, man. But this this eight and eight, six and seven stuff, eh, don't love it. Um, So we'll have some questions off season wise and stuff. I already see him. And, and again, guys, appreciate it. And, and we will get to him. Uh, just want to kind of do a, a few things off the top here first. Going into the offseason, what's your biggest question about this team? Um, they're going to hire an offensive coordinator and when are they going to hire? I mean, that's probably everybody's big question. Uh, I guess if you're looking at it as a overall. My, mine is uh, mine's quarterback and it might tie in. Yeah, yeah right? that's because pretty close. I don't think you can get a, a transfer quarterback if they don't know who the OC is. Exactly. Um, that's right. So that's what I was thinking. I think that's a holdup. I mean, I, you know, I know you uh, you did your kind of way too early. And, like, look, we've said it's it's freaking December. We don't know who's starting. But, you know, exactly. your your projection as of today was Brady Cook. I was asked in my mailbag. I said if I had to make a projection, I think it'll be Sam Horn. Uh, just because I think at some point, man, you got you to gotta find out, right? Um, and if he doesn't start next year, maybe that tells us they know and they, they don't think he's the guy. I don't know. But. I just think it's such a ridiculously important position that it just kind of overshadows everything else. I mean, more than more than anything else, if you can tell me he gets quarterback right next year, I will feel much more confident about the direction of this program. Right. I just here's why I said Brady Cook. And again, guys, way too early prediction. I mean, we're not even in the start of the new year. College football playoff hasn't happened. So just keep that in mind. 
I was only using things that I probably heard throughout the year or I've seen or something like that. That's why some people didn't get mentioned. Doesn't mean they won't get a chance to be in the rotation or start. But why I said Brady Cook was because remember how to start the year, and I think you said this on uh, the, the other podcast uh, with Maggie and Tucker, that he said early in the year, okay, we're going to be more explosive. We're going to try to do plays and all that. It's a, And like you said, it took a game and a half for that to be thrown out the window and be all conservative. So if his mindset is, you know, being conservative, like, yeah, the thought is to throw out a Sam Horn or something like that. But if he starts thinking, well, Brady Cook has a year of experience. I already know what he can do. Maybe we can win this game or get to this record by week six or seven. Then I'm going to do that. That's kind of where my thinking is as of this moment for spring football. And all. He he is risk averse. And I would like to see that change um, now. That's easy for me to say because it's not my $6 million salary on the line. You know, it's a lot easier for me to take risks with his job than it is for him to do it. Um, but I, I'd like to see that. Um, I, I'd like to see that change because I just think, I don't think at Missouri in the SEC, you can just go by the book and line up and, and beat everybody else. I think you've got to do some things out of the ordinary, you know, and, and I'm not sure, hey, playing your four-star redshirt freshman quarterback, I don't know that that's out of the ordinary. But I would like to see him take a few more chances with things that than I think he has taken so far. Um, yeah, offensive coordinator, I, I think, is certainly a thing. Um, you mentioned Darius Robinson. My thought is, I mean, like, I think he's probably going to the NFL. But also, when I saw that tweet, I thought – Man, I don't know if it's the right way to go about it to tell your fan base, hey, I'm going to make my announcement in three days, and then to tell them you're leaving. So, like, the fact that he said that made me think, I don't know, man, maybe he's going to do this one more year. Like, Ennis and Chris Abrams-Drain and Carlisle have all said they're coming back. Maybe they just say, let's keep the band back together and see how good we can be. I mean, yeah, it, it depends. Whatever lens you're 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 trying to look through it through. I don't know if I was gonna be all dramatic and say I was going to NFL. Not that I would, because I understand the side, but just of how we've seen recruits and players do these type of things, yeah. being all you know grand and stuff seems on brand for for these guys and them not thinking about why we yeah. don't like it. So I mean, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to the the draft in a couple months. And I'm saying that on the first day of the year, you know, everybody's already going to be happy anyway because it's the new year. Right. So I can see why he says that. Well, but. and here's the thing: like, I, I know fans will say, "Well, if he comes back next year, he could be All SEC. Like, he, he could help his stock so much." I don't know that that like, I don't know how much you change your stock. I mean, by that point, you're 23 years old. You're a year older. Like, I I, I don't know if he's. Let's say he's a fourth round pick this year and I don't know if that's right but if he comes back next year I I guess he could play himself into a first or second round pick but I don't know and we got to keep in mind the e the what's the east west shrine bowl like him yeah. being in that I mean I I'm not gonna act like I've been paying attention to the east west shrine bowl forever right. but if you're in that game would you not leave is that not like leaving it would be likely. I did check with a friend of mine who covers the NFL and the NFL draft, and he said you can participate in these things and come back. It's fairly unusual, but it is 
theoretically possible that you can do it. So uh, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, uh, I, have some, I have something for you real quick. Um, kind of going back to things we're looking for for next year, uh, quarterback coach. And I say that because obviously they're going to need one, but Sam Horn's development and how we kind of just this whole season, I've never really felt like we know where he is, whether that's in the playbook or that's in his accuracy or whatever it may be. And why he didn't get some of those snaps besides, you know, a series. Yeah. One series versus Arkansas. So I think that's also pretty big too. I, I think that, your quarterback coach and your offensive coordinator are the same guy. Um, I, and I, I think that's the way you want it to. I mean, your OC, he should work most closely with your quarterback. So I, I think in most situations, the offensive coordinator is also probably going to coach the quarterbacks. That would be my guess. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see. I mean, I hope we get to see some spring football and actually see Sam Horn throw a ball against a live defense and, things like that. Um, I, I don't know what the rules are going to be where they might kick us out after stretching again. Like we legitimately may never see Sam Horn throw, a, uh, throw a pass. Who knows what the highlight might've been, you know, getting Barrett Bannister's head knocked off against, uh, <laughs> against Abilene Christian. Like, we, I don't know if they're going to let us watch practice, you know? So, uh, but, but I would love to get a firsthand look and from everything I've heard, like, I mean, I know people hated this, but all season long, we just said, look, guys, we're hearing he's not ready. Like, he's just not ready to play. And I heard from various places over the bowl practices that they really felt like he had made a lot of a lot of strides in those, I guess it would have been, what, five, six weeks since the Abilene Christian game. So, that's encouraging. Ultimately, it'll come down to to spring. Wait, Abilene Christian or Arkansas? I don't know. Whenever he played, that okay, was Abilene Arkansas. Christian, right? Arkansas. No, he didn't play against Arkansas. Sam Horn. Yeah. Uh, not Arkansas. New Mexico State. New Mexico That's State, good. not there Abilene Christian. You're right. Oh, okay. but, so it was neither one of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, New Mexico State. Uh, Shout out from from uh, Jared. He's tossed appreciate us a few you. of these super chats along the way. Really appreciate that, um, Jared. Thank you for for being here every week and being a part of it. And and we do appreciate the uh, the tips. Uh, certainly, we do not require or request them, but we also. I mean, I'm not going to tell you we turn them down. I don't like. I don't send that money back. So um, certainly appreciate that from you, Jared. Uh, so this is kind of a weird deal before we get to the actual football questions. Did you see the pictures of the icicles and stuff coming out of the press box? Yeah, they're, uh, they're pipe, they're pipe yeah. hurt. Um, and you know, after I told you about my situation a week or two ago, I'm really familiar with that. So they need to get yeah. that fixed ASAP, hopefully in a better time of day than when mine happened. But right. Doesn't, right. doesn't sound great. Uh, yeah, I assume uh, there are some pictures out there on Twitter. I retweeted one of them yesterday. Like they had a pipe break uh, on the west side, and there's huge icicles hanging out the windows and stuff. Um, hmm. Look, Ben, there's already enough danger in that press box between the hot dogs and the coat hangers that I have major bruises on both arms from over 19 years. I don't also need icicles falling on me there. We we got to get that fixed by September. That's my only goal. Maybe that's something we need to add to to what Missouri needs to get fixed. Well, no offense to them. I know they're working hard, but this lunch menu for the games, man. 
<laughs> get somebody in there who can throw some seasoning on some of these things and, and make this menu a little bit better. See, that that's the beauty of living a mile and a half from the stadium, though. You just eat before you go, exactly. you eat when you get home, and it, it all uh, you, the halftime cookies are good enough, man. As long as the vultures didn't get, get them through. all in the second quarter, they'll get you through. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So this this is more a question for Gerard than it is for me because I didn't work that hard on Friday. How long did you sleep when you got back from Tampa? Okay, so dang, after the game, I was probably up until maybe like three o'clock working on those stories because, of course, it was a late game and. Uh, computer was, you know, I've been telling you my computer struggles. So uh, I was up to three o'clock when I got back. It was like four or five o'clock in the games or all the NFL games were on Saturday. So I didn't really sleep too much because the NFL is my my piece. So I'm going to watch every second of that. So I don't know. I knew I slept good Sunday, though, going into Sunday. I slept pretty well for, for Christmas. But it, it really is, man. Like I, the last couple of weeks were the they're the busiest weeks of the year. I mean, they, it's like, they just packed everything into those two weeks, but it's also, I've gotten used to this a little bit, but it always kind of catches me off guard covering a college football season. It's this like 13 week sprint where you never really relax. And then all of a sudden you're just like, yo, it's already over. Like they don't play again for eight months. It's a really weird deal. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Does this mean I'm my first season on, is it, is it technically over football wise? Football-wise, it's over now. Wow. Okay. I'm a, I'm yeah. no longer a rookie then. Yeah. Now, the, the uh, news-wise, like, yeah. I'll just say this, guys. It's so better for you if we get no news for a couple weeks. Like, good news doesn't happen this time of year. The good news will come after the national title game. I mean, other than kids, like, tweeting out, hey, I'm coming back, you know, which is apparently a thing everybody does now because everybody's a free agent so they they might as well say they're coming back too uh but but other than that wait till after the national title game for most coaching movement and and transfer visits and stuff like that will be happening in january so so we are in a little bit of a lull um au stock wants to know is it encouraging that three guys are coming back and we haven't had that many transfers out i mean i think it's got to be i would not have said after the Arkansas game, they, they were going to get KAD, Rakestraw, and JC all back. Yeah, no, I no. Although, to be honest, the way JC played to end the season, the last three or four games from like Tennessee on, I was thinking, you need to bring it back, sir. I mean, he's, he's got the tools. He's, it doesn't mean he's a bad free safety, but there's some things where he can clean up, like all of them can. Um, but he he didn't finish the season probably the way he wanted to. So getting those three guys back, getting Chad back, uh, you know, their mic, that's pretty important. Yeah, that's, that's good. And no flips, no flips. Right. And, uh, you know, they I, I mean, lost Lovett, lost. Uh, I don't know. That's We're, really the only. They, tr- yeah, they lost Lovett and then they lost Nicholson. They lost Jelani yeah. Williams, but they lost. Those were, you know. Depth I mean, I mean, yeah. like I can, I can argue the second most impactful transfer out was Jack Stonehouse so far. Oh yeah, now that, that will, they'll have to feel that, but I mean, they could get right. But that's what I'm saying. If your punter is the second, right, second biggest one, then you've done well. Now, look, I still think, like, I don't think they're out of the woods there. I, I mean, I feel pretty good that probably no other starters are leaving. Although again, I'm 
I'm keeping an eye on quarterback because because I'm not 100% convinced that everybody in that room is back next year. Uh, but but I do still think there will be some other announcements that kids are leaving. I don't think they will be like major impact players. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we're just waiting on Robinson and Cook and probably Jeff Cope. I mean. Yeah, and and like Cook – like, I think he's probably coming back, but I, and he's the type of kid, I don't think he'll announce that he's coming back, right? I think he'll just, well, yeah, I'm co- of course not. I, I don't think there will be some grand announcement, hey, I'm returning. Um, You know, I think the only way we see an announcement out of Brady is if he's not. Um, But, you know, I think we'll see some guys, I guess, I guess technically they lost Toski Dove to the transfer portal. I guess you can talk about how big a deal you think that, but like, I never thought he was coming back next year. Yeah. I mean, the only thing is he's a starter. He, he blocked, he was there for a lot of blocking plays. I mean, but yeah, definitely a down year from, I guess what's now two seasons ago. So it's not a huge thing. Yeah. And, and so I think you could see some other, I mean, like, look, I've got to think Elijah young transfers, Luke Griffin, some guys like that, you know, but, but I don't think, I think they've dodged the bullet largely as far as major impact transfers outside of Dom Lovett. And I don't mean to downplay that because that is, that's kind of a big deal, you know. Um, Which is crazy now that everybody does this little videos because if they don't do a video, now I'm thinking like I asked you the other day, like Charleston's coming back, right? And we haven't heard nothing that Charleston wouldn't come back. But if they don't do a video, I'm like, are they coming back? It's, it's annoying. It's crazy. It, it is. It is crazy. But again, D Rob taking it to a new level with the announcement that he's going to make an announcement. So the uh, pre-announcement you know, announcement. I he, what I'm waiting for next is the kid that says, "I will announce when I'm announcing in three days." You know, <laughs> so, it, it'll happen. Uh, I I actually saw uh, it was Travis Hunter that said, "I will announce my commitment when I get to a hundred thousand okay. YouTube followers." If that's I cool. would, that's smart. Man. I, but I would intentionally have unfollowed him. Like I would have yeah, not wanted yeah, him to I get to a hundred thousand. Yeah, I would have never been a subscriber or any of that. But Fair. like for him on his part, like yes, take advantage of the game. I get it. No, I understand why they do it. It's an attention grab, but they get the attention, so it works. So I get why they do it. I, it's just because if all those a hundred thousand, who do you think? How many unfollow him for real after that? Right. Either they're just going to be like, oh, he's here, or maybe like a couple thousand, if that. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm old, so I can be crabby about stuff like that. Uh, Mizzou fan number seven says, does Eli hire an OC? I mean, he better. I think so. He, he better. He better. I mean, 23 points per game before Bush was taken over. Then you drop 17 to the 95th ranked defense. Mm, I know he was missing. Well, he's missing love it, but besides that, all his offensive pieces were there, right? Uh, I mean, they yeah. got two linemen hurt during the game. But. Well, yeah, but it, I mean, and that and then that's just a recruiting thing and a getting the players ready thing. But if he had an I, offensive I, coordinator to help with that, I think you hire an OC for this reason because it allows you to focus, even, whether it's one hour a week or seven hours a week on other things on, Mm -hmm. on running the whole program. And every coach will tell you that you think, you know, what's involved in that, 
But then once you actually start the job, like it's a whole different level. I mean, I remember sitting in Barry Odom's office starting his second year and he said, I just, I thought I knew, but I didn't have the grasp of like how much time I'm spending at booster club meetings and shaking hands and doing this and doing that. And he's like, you really have to be intentional about, you know, carving your time out on football. So I think if Eli has a guy who he's in charge, I, I don't even care if he calls plays. I don't care who calls the plays. Cause I think, I don't think they're idiots. I think Eli understands football. I think he can, uh, he should call the touchdown play more than he did. But you know, I mean, whoever calls plays on Saturday, isn't the issue. It's the issue of Sunday through Friday, being able to devote his time to the entire football program, as opposed to, you know, focusing on that one piece. Couldn't agree more. Also, here's a here's the thing I just thought of a couple days ago. Here's why I'd hire an OC. Because you know who fans like to bitch at the most? It's the coordinators. Like, if he just hires an OC, even if he calls the plays, if they're not good on offense, people are going to be mad at the OC. They're not going to be mad at him. Come on, come on, man. You send me texts every day trying to fire Steve Spagnolo. You hate the hey, listen, listen now, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Andy's an offensive coach. So there's like that's separate. If if we were talking about the enemy, like I don't know, like you'd still be like Andy and Travis Kelly right. just confirmed that it's Andy calling these plays on the last pot, so we know. So if it was drink and somebody else, I'd still be like, Well, drink, this is right. your side I mean, of the ball. You could overrule them. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of joking, but it is a way to take some heat off, I think. Right. Hiring an OC, even if it's in title only, I think kind of pacifies some people and takes some heat off. Um, sure. Let's see. Um, Kyle's asking about Garrett Riley. Look, I just don't – I don't know why Garrett Riley would take the Missouri job as the OC. I mean, he's the OC of a team that's in the college football playoff right now. I think he's – Probably pretty happy where he's at at TCU. Um, could be wrong. Uh, oh, oh, we got a Paul Feinbaum comment. So this is big. Uh, Paul Feinbaum said that Eli still has a very bright future as a head coach, but needs to start winning. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like, I mean, I've got a very bright future as a guy that's six foot tall, but I need to start growing. You know, I mean, like uh, Mizzou fan number seven. If you would have just said that whole sentence and removed Pine Fall or Paul Feinbaum, still would have been relevant. Still would have been valid points. So, I mean, that's great. I, I know, I know, Paul. You guys know my little appearance on the show, but I mean, that's true. We knew that. Here's right, and here's that comment to me. Just say he needs to start winning. That's it. Like that's it. He needs to start winning. Um, like, because if he doesn't start winning, then I look, he could down the road still be a good coach somewhere, but a, he needs to start winning. Uh, and along those lines, Brandon wants to know how many wins does he need next season to keep his job? So I wrote a lot about this on Monday. So I'm going to tell you where I come down. And, and like, let's be clear. It's not a, like I've always said, if you if you're saying, well, if he wins seven, I'll keep him, but if he wins six, I'm gonna fire him, then you should just fire him anyway. Because like if it comes down to one game, then that's dumb. You don't have the right guy. So 
putting a finite number on it is not the best way to approach it. But for me to feel good, like I think they need to win seven games for me to feel like there's progress being made. Now, again, could they go six and six? And I look at them and say, well, they're a much better team than they were last year. So I feel good. Sure. But I, it seems unlikely. Like I want to see a winning record in the regular season. Yeah. That point you just made about going six and six and feeling better. No, because it'd be what going on four years of that. And well, well, but I'm just saying, okay, let's say they finish six and six and like legitimately I've seen this happen. Let's say they go six and six and one of those losses happens because of a blatant bad call on the very last snap of the game. Then, you know, I, I mean, even then, the, that sounds like this year because you can say Auburn, Kentucky, with those types of losses, you could. I know there weren't. Well, Mevis's missed kick was end of regulation, the, right? But I'm talking about something that legitimately, like it gets taken away from them. You know? Yeah, I still think like to me, it's eight. Like because him winning seven, I don't. I don't know if he wins eight, but to me, it feels like. So he wins seven. So let's say he wins this bowl game or whatever that that makes him over the top. Like, yeah, the bowl game's cool, but it's still. Oh, I'm, like- I'm just talking. I'm just talking regular season. Oh, okay, okay. Bowl then, game doesn't yeah. doesn't figure into it for me. Okay, okay. Then yeah, I can still see seven. Although if I was to categorize like what's bad and then it's good, like up to five wins is like bad. And then eight or more wins are good, but six and seven still feels it's like it's kind of in that. Yeah. Yeah. But so, like, let me kind of continue and, and paint this. So, let's say they're six and six, but Sam Horn's your starter from day one, and he struggles in the first three weeks. And I don't know the schedule off the top of my head, but let's say they start, you know, two and three or whatever. But then they rebound, they win four of their last seven. Sam Horn, like, gets much better in the last four weeks of the season. Luther Burden puts up a thousand yards. Like that's the type of scenario where I'm saying, okay, I can live with six and six because I see things that are happening. But my, my, if you just say how many wins, my number for next year is seven. They need seven wins. Gabe, you know what that sounds like? <laughs> sounds like this season. <laughs> I know, I know. It but sounds like I know. Brady Cook. I know. You know, and then they got a thousand yard or near thousand yard receiver, and somebody you expect sounds like deja vu to me. I know, I, I, I know, and ultimately, like, look, my answer to this question always ends up being like the government definition of pornography. I'll know it when I see it. If he should keep his job, I'll know it by wow. watching his team, and if he shouldn't, I'll know it by watching his team. You know, um, that's that's kind of where I come down. <laughs> uh, uh, Cody says uh, a couple things with drink on the excitement. Love seeing guys coming back, running out the same offensive guys makes me less excited. So, I mean, I don't think that's going to, but that's part of what I'm talking about. Why I would like, if it's even, I'd start Sam Horn because it does give you some excitement, but they're going to go out and get some transfers. But, you know, like when we're looking at, well, hey, Armand Mimbo, and hey, if they can get Foster and Delgado back, we're like, well, you can't just run back this same offense, man. It wasn't good enough. And you count, you can't count on everybody getting better. That's that's for sure. Yeah, looking at these PFF grades, man. 
I forgot who it was, but I um, I had added back into the into the last PFF article one of the pass blocking grades, and it may have been for Tollison or Walters or something. And their grade, guess what their pass block grade was? Not high. Three. Ooh, that's rough. I've, I've, uh, that's the yeah, lowest. Let's number. just not put a name on that one. We don't oh, know who it was. Oh yeah, we, yeah. It was it was pretty bad. So you can't guarantee that they definitely need some. Um, and for Javon Foster to say, I don't know, I would be so conflicted because I think, I think if he's like your second or third best on the line, it's a really good line. But if he's your best player on the best. line, yeah, it's not great. Well, and and what I always go back to in in situations like this is, I go back to to being a Royals fan coming off the World Series in 2015. So they did this thing where. They brought all these guys back, and fans just assumed, oh, well, look what Hosmer and Moose and Gordon have done the last two years. They're just automatically going to be better because it's the next year, so they're better. Well, no, some of those guys were worse, right? Lorenzo Cain started to go back. Alex Gordon fell off a cliff. Uh, Like, guys don't just get better every year. Like, Eli's favorite saying this year is is, uh, success isn't linear, right? So, okay, Brady Cook had... 3,200 yards of total offense, whatever his number were this year. That does not mean he's automatically going to have 3,600 next year. Or Cody Schrader ran for 700 yards. That doesn't mean he's running for 900 next year. Like, some guys are going to get worse. It happens to every team in the country. And it's it's why forecasting things is so pointless, especially from an emotional standpoint, because what fans do is look at their team and assume everyone's going to get better and all the recruits are good and, and they assume the best. And then everybody else, they look at and go, well, those guys are leaving. There's nobody to replace them. They're going to suck. You know? So, so we look at best case for our teams and worst case for other teams. And it leads us to these faulty, faulty assumptions. Um, I don't even know what the question was that led us to get to this point, but I think they need to win seven games next year. Um, let's see. Uh, Carpe Donnelly says the worst thing that happened to drink was Dennis Gates. Now everyone thinks you can go zero to hero in one off season. I don't agree with that. Um, I, it's a different sport, man. You got, you got 13 guys on a basketball roster you got 85 dudes on scholarship in football. You've got 20, I mean, let's pare it down. You've got 11 guys on every play. If one of those 11 guys screws up, the play might suck. In basketball, if one of your five guys screws up, you might just have Kobe Brown get unconscious for a night and score 31 points anyway. You know, so I I don't think, I I don't think, I, I don't buy the one sport against the other thing. Right. And, and even I know, like, if you, what was it, seven wins versus like very easy competition for Mizzou, basically, to start seven, eight wins. And then eight, you got yeah. the, you do got what, the UCF win, the Illinois win, and then the and Illinois, Wichita State was solid. Wichita yeah. State, because that was the first opponent that you knew, kind of, that mm-hmm. could play basketball, I guess. So three, it's three and one, really, is what I'm seeing versus, yeah, what that's fair. Has. And they still have, this whole SEC slate of games to go through, and it's not even right. New Year's, so can't say that just yet. But I get the what new you're, guy's always yeah. the favorite. And look, I, I'll be honest, man. Like Dennis Gates being good is good for Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz being good is good for Dennis Gates. Like that. I, I mean, if 
if Dennis Gates is good, he's going to have a cool atmosphere that Eli can have a junior day at in February and bring all these kids in and say, hey, man, look, this is how our fans feel about sports here. Uh, it, it's it's it should be a good relationship. It should not be an adversarial thing like Stoops and Cal fighting about whether it's a football or a basketball school, you know? Right. And, and uh, the, a couple of recruits that I had talked to a couple of weeks ago specifically mentioned being at the, the Mizzou KU game and how yeah. like that atmosphere was like so much different in a good way from the, uh, the Arkansas game when for football, like it was just something greater and people really pay attention to those things. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Kyle, any idea if Hopper will stay another year? We kind of talked about that. I, I don't have any idea. I mean, we talked to Tyron, I think, twice this year. He is not a vocal kid. I, I don't feel like I know him at all. I have no idea what he's thinking. Well, he's not vocal with us. I mean, apparently right. to the players, he's like His a jokester. And he's like the funniest guy in the world. So right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't. To me, I'm still thinking eventually he's going to announce soon because, I mean, he really played his way from just like being an SEC linebacker to like he can be somewhere and he's got he, the size for it. He slowed down a little in the second half of the year, I thought, but he had a good year. He did, but he he finished he finished the season with his best game of the season versus Arkansas where he had like yep. 11, 12, 13 tackles, two and a half for loss. Like he finished with a bang. So that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Dave wants to know which young prospect surprised you the most in the bowl game. I Did you feel like you really got a look at many young guys? Peanut Houston. Um, okay. I think he had six for 39 and a touchdown. And, I mean, it was off a great play Brady made. That one touchdown was really good. He got a snap he wasn't expecting, caught it with one hand, kind of just instinctively kept the play going because he wasn't ready for the snap. And then kind of – I want to say this – without making y'all go too much, a Mahomes-ish type of thing where it looked like he was going to run in and he just saw Peanut in the back of the end zone just tossed it for the touchdown. And that's a, that's a play that Peanut has to make, though, and be aware of what's going on and not just be like, oh, Brady's going to run it in. wasn't like that. So I thought Peanut Houston did well. All right. I just saw this comment. I feel like this is a phenomenal place to end this show. Dennis Gates, our <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> Perfect, man. I mean, we have solved it. Hey, they do have the fourth best offense in the country. Um, you know, they're 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 scoring. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, first seasons come to a close uh, with with me and Gerard. I hope you guys have enjoyed. Not that Gerard just gets eight months off. I don't want you guys to think that. Oh, yeah. Please don't think that. Yeah. Don't don't yeah. don't think that uh, because I don't say nothing um, that I'm not doing any work. I promise yeah. you, I am. Yeah. You'll be seeing plenty of him. Uh, we'll, we'll have him jump on the shows uh, from time to time. Certainly when stuff happens, we'll do things. But he'll be writing uh, still nonstop on the site and all that. Uh, the weekly show, the scheduled shows, probably will be a, a little bit more basketball, a little bit more me and Drew the next few weeks. Uh, Drew and I actually will go live after the Kentucky game tonight from Mizzou Arena. Uh, but plenty of coverage, a lot of stuff uh, that's that's going to happen. And, um, you know, I don't know, for the next – for the next five weeks, we got a Super Bowl run to follow, but we'll still do some work. Exactly. All right, Gerard, appreciate it, man. Uh, we will uh, let you go and catch up with you later on. All right. All right. So, guys, want to remind you real quick uh, before I head out that James Carlton State Farm Insurance, his information has been scrolling across the bottom of the screen 
all through the show. If you are not, if you're listening on the podcast, I know you can't see that. So you can go to carltoninsurance.net. You can call them at 314-961-4800. James does a lot of stuff for teenage drivers and insurance on that front. Uh, but he can he can take care of any insurance needs you might have in the state of Missouri or the state of Illinois. He's got a great staff of eight people. Might be a little lighter this week, but I'm sure there's still going to be people there that can answer the phone for you. You're going to talk to a real human being, get all your insurance needs taken care of. And bonus, if you tell him that you heard about him through Power Mizzou, or for me, he is going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective efforts Uh and that is a good thing for you guys. It's a good thing for Mizzou. It's a good thing for James Carlton. So, hey, everybody comes out happy, right? Appreciate you guys being here all along. Uh, and uh, on the way out the door, just going to throw up some of the comments from you guys watching live with us. Uh, we see a lot of the same people every week, but but always want to add more. Um, and, hey, it's not stopping. Portal, coaching carousel, basketball, all that. We are going to be here with you guys uh, just signing off. For this one. So we'll talk to you later on.